You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 27, Lauren Lukrich of Kiska. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have Lauren Lukrich. Lauren is the co-owner of Kiska, a Russian exotic fit style pole studio in Portland, Oregon. On this episode, we talk about her unique style of running a pole studio, which includes 24-hour access, openly catering to those working in the sex industry, and happily recommending other studios for students looking for a different experience, also, what it's like owning Kiska, a word that means pussy in Russian, in a city known for extreme sexual positivity and freedom, and how she's actually seen an influx in hetero men interested in the exotic style training of her studio. Check out Lauren's post-podcast interview on the blog at poleparlor.com, where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, I would be absolutely tickled if you leave a review on iTunes and follow the YouTube channel. And don't forget to look for Pole Parlor on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and Pinterest as well. All right, shameless plugs over. Now let's bring on Lauren. Welcome, Lauren Lukrich, to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? I am great. Thank you very much, Crimson Minxie. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, so excited to have you. So let's jump right in. The first question we ask everyone, for how long have you been polling and how did you first discover pole dance? So I have been pole dancing for about three years. Um, I first, well, I first discovered pole dancing because... I grew up watching the movie Gypsy Rosalie. I was obsessed with it. My mom introduced me to it. She was obsessed with it as a child. And little did I know that once I watched that movie, after watching Gypsy Rose and the You've Gotta Get a Gimmick dance where the three strippers come out showing off their their, their stripper wear and their costumes and their lights and everything, I knew I wanted to be a stripper or a burlesque dancer or a performer of some sort. So... Honestly, growing up, I, uh, I was a dancer, and at the end of the day, moving to Portland, we have so many strip clubs up here, so I was, like, just totally thrown into the strip club, like, reality, because everyone goes to strip clubs, you know, boys, girls, gay, straight, like, bros go to them for, you know, just, like, um, sports bars and stuff, so I was thrown into there, and the minute I saw the girls stripping and the girls dancing and the power and the grace and the beauty and the fact that actually up here in Portland, people put on a show when they're stripping. It's not just strip club. I realized that that was something I really wanted to get into, so it was after I kind of gave up some of my other dance forms that then I kind of discovered the, da- the pole studios up here and started dancing at a studio in town, pretty much the only studio in town at that time. And What year was that, this about? This was, let's see, it's 2016 right now, so probably 2013. Okay. Yeah, so like 
it was in January. I had just gotten my appendix out. I had like <laughs> just opened my hair salon and I just decided like I need something new to get in shape and work out. And I told one of my girls at the salon, like, I want to go take a pole class. I'm doing it. I've wanted to do it for a while. So I went to class. I fell in love a month later. I had a pole in my house and I never stopped. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's first. I love Gypsy Rosalie as well. I love burlesque. It just adds like this it. fantasy flair to performance. And so can you tell, cause I've never been to Portland. Yes. A okay. lot of people listening probably have not, are not familiar with what the like <laughs> club scene is there. So can you tell us what's going on? Yes. Well, first and foremost, Portland has the most strip clubs per capita in the whole United States. So that's an interesting thing. We have so many strip clubs up here. So probably almost anywhere you go, you're going to meet a stripper. Um, secondly, we're one of the only states in the country that allows full nudity in strip clubs, whether we have alcohol or not. So, I mean, it's very sexually liberated up here. It's very open. And I think because nudity is open and because sexuality is so open up here, strip clubs become this thing where, like I said, anyone goes because it's not really looked at as a faux pas. It's not something that only, you know, yeah, it's not something only, you know, old, you know, 50 year old guys bring their friends out or, you know, the bros going out for a bachelor or bachelorette party or whatever we'll go to. It's literally like, you know, you'll go out and you'll go out with your boyfriend and they'll bring their random guy friends and you'll run into a couple of your girlfriends. So that's how the culture is up here, which is super awesome. And then we also have, we have our strip clubs and we have like more of our show clubs and the show clubs are all about, you know, costuming and, you know, really matching things with your songs, matching your costumes, putting a whole persona on. I almost think of some of our show clubs as being more like um, the Australian style pole dancing. You know how when you see Miss Pole Dance America or Dance Filthy or, you know, Miss Pole Theater or whatnot, they have the full-on productions going on? Yeah. It's kind of crazy to go into some of these strip clubs in Portland and literally, like, these girls have their full-on costumes, their sparkles and glitter and Swarovskis, and they're just, they're putting on a show, and people literally go to watch the show. You know, it's not just about getting a lap dance up in Portland. So I think for pole dancers in Portland, it's a really cool thing because you can come and you can dance and you can learn what you're doing and you can perform and whether you want to do it in the super club style or if you want to do it in a really performance style, you're going to get it either way and you're going to be able to like really showcase who you are, you know? Oh, yeah, it reminds me of, yeah. is it called Crazy Horse in Paris? Because that's mm-hmm. like so freaking dreamy, you know? Like, yes. <laughs> so now, now, by all means, we have like, we have our like whole the wall strip clubs. Yes, <laughs> old you know, man you clubs. The- <laughs> yes. Full gamut, full disclosure. (laughs) So you hinted before that you have a pole studio. And so Uh, can you tell us, first of all, I love the name, Kiska. (laughs) It's actually Kiska. 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 Okay. Everyone says like that, no problem. (laughs) Well, now they know different from listening to this. It's Kiska. What's Kiska mean? So so our pole studio is a focus on Russian exotic pole dance. So we decided to find a a name that suited the Russian exotic style as well as suiting what we're all about within the pole industry and within our studio as a whole. So Kiska actually has three three meanings. First meaning is pure. We created an environment where it's a pure, white, clean, open space for any dancer to come in and train 24 hours a day. 
they can just come in, train, wear what they want to wear, do what they want to do. They pick studio rental time and they just come into the studio and they can train. So a lot of our industry girls who want to come in, they're, you know, they come in at two, three o'clock in the morning, they bring their girls in, they train, they work. As long as you are a advanced level dancer, intermediate level dancer, we can give you that access to the studio. Um, so the pure space is to invite you to come in, no matter if you're a contemporary dancer or a industry girl or a club style dancer, exotic, whatever, and dance. Uh, the second meaning is kitten or kitty. And, you know, that kind of speaks to our fun, flirty, sassy side of pole. You know, I feel like that's a reason why a lot of people have gotten into pole dance is that whole idea of, you know, just bringing out a little bit of your sexuality and your sensuality and, you know, that fun, flirty sassiness that you get. When you go with your friends and you go to the pole studio and you build that pole camaraderie, um, it's a little bit safe. It's a little bit, you know, it's just that fun, safe, sassy, burlesque style. And, you know, also the idea of how we move in pole, how we move in pole is so cat-like and so, you know, slinky and sexy. So the kitten side really speaks to that. And then our main meaning for Kiska, as probably half of you who have already heard of us know, Kiska means pussy. Straight, <laughs> straightforward. It means pussy. So we come from Portland. We are unabashedly sexy. We are 100% open to the idea that uh, pole dancing came from stripping and strip clubs. So I feel like as a whole, we feel like if we lose that in the pole dance community, we're kind of losing the authenticity of what pole truly, truly is. We also have found that a lot of studios are really segregated between the stripper industry and the hobbyists. And we want to create a space where, you know, our, our kittens or our purists are coming to pole and do their thing. And our industry girls or our girls who just want to be fucking sexy, want to dance in pasties and a G-string can come in and not feel shunned and not feel like they cannot be a part of it. So Kiska means pussy. We're open about that. We are proud of it. It's funny when we meet certain Russians because obviously Russians know that Kiska means pussy. And they'll kind of be like, so like Kiska, like you mean like pussy? And we're like, yeah, of course. Like it's a pole studio. That's what we do. So we're really proud of it. We're really about feminism. We're also very, very, very much about being open to Gay, straight, trans, men, women. We have a lot of straight men that come to the studio. We have a lot of, you know, uh, gay women that come to the studio. We have boyfriends that come with their girlfriends and they want to do partnership. Like, we literally just have the whole gamut. And I think it's really awesome to see that because, you know, I feel like we know a lot of people in the trans community that don't have a place to pull. We know a lot of strippers that don't have a place to pull. We know a lot of guys that don't have a place to pull. We have male strip clubs here. And when I say male strip clubs, there's a specific strip club called Stag. And it's the first strip club in Portland that actually has a pole and gymnastic springs and pull-up bars and men dance there and they fully pole dance. So for us to create a studio where like anyone can come. It's also created a studio where I think a lot of our girls have been nervous about having guys come in, especially the industry girls, because they'll be like, you know, I don't want to come and have guys watching me dance. But when they come in, they realize that the guys are more embarrassed than the women are. And everyone's just helping each other out. And everyone's feeling kind of funny and awkward at first. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't even matter because we're all dancing and we're all training and we're all having a great time. And honestly, our straight men that come in, look at these girls and go, oh my God, I never knew what athletes these women are. When I go to the clubs now, I look at them 100% different. You know, because, you know, guys, I mean, they think they know what they're doing. They get up on the pole, they try to do a flag or they try to do an iron X and suddenly they realize that it's way harder than they ever thought, you know, so. 
So yeah. Wow. So <laughs> have you ever? So you've never really had any experience, bad experiences with the men because that was is what I'm always nervous about. Like, oh, I don't want them to be like this is like my girl sexy space, but. And so I think a lot of people assume that the way to integrate men into pole is to have these like high athletic, uh, more uh-huh. gym like studios. And you're proving otherwise, which is super yeah. interesting. <laughs> so we have actually we have quite a few guys. Our straight guys that came in, I think, first started coming in because their gay guy friends invited them in, and they wanted you know other guys to come into the studio and to come dance and. I will say that when we first started inviting guys to the studio, I think all the girls thought they were all gay. They thought they were all gay. They thought they were all, you know, like friends or partners or the, the boys who lived with each other and were roommates. They thought automatically they were a couple. And slowly but surely, everyone started thinking, oh, well, maybe they're straight and they're dancing at the straight club or the gay clubs, you know? Yeah. And then it became this thing where it was just literally these boys coming in, finding pole, loving it, not thinking they would take it seriously, and then absolutely being... 100% invested in it. So it's really interesting because, like you said, you think you have to make it really highly athletic, but actually what I found is by having our club be so, or our, our pole studio be so open and so overtly sexual, actually, it's created this space where everyone respects each other, everyone respects nudity, everyone respects sexuality. Guys aren't looking at women in the sexual way because they realize that the sexiness of pole is us like exposing ourselves and who we are, not dancing for them to make them feel like they're getting turned on and erotic or whatnot. And actually we have a couple boys that have been leaving the studio to move to other states and they've addressed to us that they feel like they can't find something that they feel comfortable going to because one of the, one of our guys, Clayton, he actually just moved to Chicago and he said that he's had a hard time because a lot of them don't allow boys to dance. And he said that the thing that he is the most sad about is that there's studios out there that are trying to take away women's sexuality and have the sport be so fitness-based. And I think for him to be at a studio where he sees the openness of women being able to be who they are, not be afraid to be sexy or sexual or strippers or industry girls is something that he's so come to value that he has a hard time going to another studio that doesn't like pride that in women and pride that in just the culture as a whole. So, so yeah, I think, you know... But I think I also realized that because of the strip club industry in Portland, nudity in Portland, like sex shows are legal in Portland. You can watch people have sex on stage. It's 100 percent legal. Really? Yes. <laughs> as, as long as you're not participating, you can watch it. And as long as it's all like approved by each person. Licensed and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that in Portland, because everything's so open, things don't feel so like oh, oh my God, that's so scary, or oh, that's so sexual, it's too sexual for me, or it's too open or too provocative. It just becomes this thing, kind of like in European culture, where it's natural and it's normal, so everyone respects it as natural and normal, you know? Yeah, that's, so, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. And like, let's keep it real, it's not like, you know, sporty, bro, like, you know, kind of jerk guys are just going to show up to class to like heckle, you know? And like, I, yes. I feel like that's what, when people assume like we can't have men cause they're just going to be there oogling and they're like, you know, drinking beers and crushing cans on their heads. And like, like obviously like you wouldn't, that's not going to happen. You're not going to allow yes. someone who is like unsafe or who 
you know, is not there to fully participate and respect the other students, whether that's a girl or a boy. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like that's super interesting because it's been something that I've never really been open to until this very moment talking to you. So I'm sure a lot of people are like, ah, ah, Ah. I mean, Portland, it sounds like this little microcosm of like (laughs) experimentation (laughs) that we'll have to slowly expand elsewhere. Exactly. Um, so on that, we really do are very specific about who we do allow to dance. Obviously we are open to anyone, a hundred percent anyone, but the specifics are, if you are not here to fully participate, if you're not here to dance, if you're specifically only here to watch, we will not let you participate in class and you can wait outside the studio because at the end of the day, whether you're a girl, whether you're a guy, whether you're gay, straight, whatever, if you're coming to the studio just to watch, I mean, the reality of it is in our culture these days, we have a hundred percent sexual openness. And so why are we so unopen to a man dancing at the studio, but we're okay with any woman dancing at the studio, but any woman could be looking at you sexually as well. So really, I mean, our guys that come in, we're, when we first started, we were very specific. We are like, okay, you have to be participating, no watching and oogling, and if you're not participating, you'll be asked to leave the studio. So, I mean, our guys that come in, bless their little hearts. I mean, have to say they're like, they're in there, they're learning to twerk, they're learning to body roll, they're dancing on the pole, they're dancing around the pole. I mean, most of our intro level classes start with, you know, dancing and, you know, climbing and spins. So it's not like they're doing the badass fit pole tricks, you know, right off the bat. So, I mean, if you're coming in and you're dancing and you're coming to dance, you'll be hundred percent welcome to the studio. So there's no ogling. There's no guys that are, you know, or girls for that matter that are just sitting there to come watch. If you're coming with your spouse or you're coming with your partner you're coming with your lover well participate and that's amazing and how I mean how cool for it to be that you know one of our one of our guys he came in and he's a photographer and he came into the studio because he was gonna film his girl and do some photo shoots and stuff and then he started opening up and being like you know this is what my girl loves to do and so I want to learn to pull and I want to be able to be a part of the industry with her. And then he starts elaborating on wanting to do, you know, partner stuff and all the ideas, the different partner, you know, um, costuming and stuff they could do and the themes for their partner stuff. And it's been really rad to see them come in together and train together and learn to pull together to create this. I mean, I think of uh, what's what's his name? Tarzan, uh, Exo Tarzan or what's his name in the pole industry? Tarzan and Oh My Marie cannot think of the names I right now. I have no idea. <laughs> they dance They dance in uh, New York at okay. a club in New York, and they're all over Instagram. I follow them okay. for a long time, but it's really we cool to watch. We will find out and put it in the show notes. So <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I'll send you their yeah. Instagrams. But it's really awesome watching them dance together because, you know, I don't know if he's gay or straight or if they're lovers or whatnot. It doesn't matter. But yeah. on a pole performance level, they'll do these moves where, you know, he's upside down and he's grabbing her and he's pulling her up. She's in a straddle. It looks like he's eating her out, honestly. <laughs> and it looks so sexy and so masculine mixed with this feminineness. And to see that in the pole industry is like this idea of you don't have to be gay to pole dance. You don't have to be a straight girl to pole dance. You can have these couples that come together and create this beautiful, amazing, like, sexy, strong, awesome pole dance, like routines and stuff. And I think that's one of the cool things that we have because we're so open to, to couples coming in and whoever wants to come and come in is that we're, we're creating these like partnering of people that we probably would never put together. And they're creating such different pole moves and such different, 
I don't know, excitement in the pole world. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no different type, different types of dances and different type types of like, not just choreo, but tricks and doubles yeah. and all of that, that maybe like necessitates more of like a male base and, you know, more of like exactly. a female. Um, we had Lindsay Light Franza on a yes. few weeks ago and, you know, she's married to Carlos Franza who is oh, like, so cute. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it is like a, a changing paradigm where you know a a woman can meet a straight man through pole you just don't know but that's interesting that there's probably like a more level of respect there Mm -hmm. um from both sides and you know not everyone wants to pole dance with a partner that's fine but like you know it's an option yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny because my husband, he helped build the studio and stuff. And he came in one time with my business partner's husband and they decided to come to open pole and just, you know, fuck around on the poles. And oh my God, the next day, you know, my husband was like, I don't know if I'm going to go back again. We'll see. We'll see. And then he tried to go to the gym and he was like, I can't even go to the gym today. My muscles are so, so sore. sore. My arms are so <laughs> sore. Like that is the best workout I've ever gotten. So now you know, he comes and he joins, you know, the boys open pole. We don't have like a boys open pole, but we definitely will tell our guys that we have specific classes or open poles where more guys will show up because like I said to you, sometimes the boys are the ones that need other boys around more than the girls needing other girls around. You know, I mean, it's so open for girls to do pole. It's so open for girls to dance and feel sexy that for a guy to be able to come in and feel open to be sexy or sexual or on a pole and dance is something that they actually need the camaraderie of, of men to do that with, you know? Yeah. So we started, we've started a new hashtag, bro pole, hashtag bro, bro pole. pole. Okay. Yes. And it's bro polers doing awesome, awesome things. <laughs> awesome shit. I mean, it's kind of awesome. It's awesome to see that we have so many male polers in the industry now that yeah. like bro pole or male polers can be an Instagram tag that we actually can like see various polars all around the world doing amazing, amazing shit. I mean, I will say male polars blow my mind. The things that they can do straight off the bat is, oh, it's something worth being a little bit envious of as a woman, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it's also something that, like, the you know, as the pole community evolves and gets larger, it's like, let's stop fighting this shit. Like, yeah. you know, and I kind of love your open-mindedness and your more fluidity with things because I think on one side, there's studios that have to be really rigid and they have to have all of these rules and, you know, maybe that's just how they're run and people really respond to that and that's mm-hmm. awesome that they exist but then it's awesome that a studio like yours, which I'm not so familiar with, that has a more like fluid, organic um, set up that you, you know, are giving people opportunity that maybe would have never, ever pulled to give it a chance. And it just seems like the attitude that you put out there, you're just going to draw people with that similar attitude. So it, it's like Aww. more harmonious, you know? And I mean, yes. there are more pole dancers. Let's keep it real. Like it's growing. Uh-huh. So like, how do we support <laughs> that? But in like a good way that benefits exactly. everyone. Yeah. I mean, I will say, so our other thing that we're so big about, I know when we're talking about the male pole dancers, but you want to go on our other side is that we are a studio that is so open to have industry dancers come into the studio. Now, when we talk about Portland, our industry girls are not just girls who dance in lingerie in a club. Our industry girls are girls who are getting fully naked, dancing on stage. Our industry girls who are girls who want to or wish or love to perform, love to be burlesque dancers, love to get on stage. Like they're, they're women who love to dance. They're women that love to get naked. They're women that love to be sexual and they're proud, confident, amazing human beings. Now it's sad to see that these women 
who are proud and confident and started pole like and started the industry are the ones that are t- typically not in all areas, but not allowed to participate in certain competitions, not allowed to come to certain studios. I mean, I know dancers that have told me that they've gone to dance at specific studios all over the country, and you know, girls will look at them in their high heels. And girls will look at them just with, you know, whatever they bring to class. And, you know, you can tell. I mean, typically you can tell a hobbyist dancer from a stripper. Most often strippers or industry girls are more open with, like, wearing a little bit less and have their high heels that have been, like, worn to the ground because they're (laughs) dancing on them every day, you know? They're not necessarily going to come to class all costumed up because they're costuming up every night. So these girls will go to studios and say, you know, it's kind of weird because I'll go in and... You know, some of the girls will go this way and then they'll kind of shove me to these two poles and people don't really want to dance around strippers. And that's a really odd thing to me because that feels like segregation back in, you know, yeah, it's back, not, back in the day. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not cool. And I just read this article, actually. Um, I'm going to post it on my Facebook page, but from Bad Kitty, someone had written an article about how there was actually, I didn't even realize this. There was a not a stripper hashtag going around in the pole dance community Mm -hmm. not too long ago. And that, you know, Bad Kitty was one of the people who stood up and really fought it and was like, that's not fucking cool. Like you're, you're not a stripper, but to create a hashtag out of that, to suggest that that's shameful or something like when mm-hmm. you are a pole dancer, when it's like yeah. so tied to the community, it's kind of like, you may not be one, but you don't need to disrespect other ones that people who exactly. are. So, um, kind of goes hand in hand. That's what that just reminded me of. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the strippers and industry girls that come into our studio talk about that actually. And I mean, I loved the fact that, you know, that kitty was getting on top of that and being yeah. like, you know what? No, yes, the stripper, like you can be a stripper or you cannot be a stripper. It shouldn't really matter. But at the end of the day, what I tell all my clients is that the whole not a stripper idea needs to be, you know, I think I saw a meme recently that said, if you don't want to be associated with strippers, then don't do what strippers do. And it's true. I, love that. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to be associated with, you know, Jackie Chan, then don't go and do, yeah. you know, don't go do Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. If you don't want to be associated with strippers, well, you chose to pole dance for a reason. Pole dancing came from the industry. And at the end of the day, anyone who knows you pole dance is going to associate with that. It's just the way it is. I mean, I've danced my entire life. I've danced since I was, you know, five. And I remember when I was 21, 22, and I'd go out and people would ask me what I do. And I told them I was a dancer. And being in Portland, obviously, any guy who knew that I was a dancer would be like, oh, do you strip? Do you strip? And I almost felt at that time, I used to be like, but I don't, I'm not a stripper. I'm just like a dancer. Like I'm, okay. I ballet and jazz and hip hop and whatnot. But Then I got to this point where I kind of stopped saying that because I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm a dancer just like anyone else is a dancer. And it shouldn't matter if I am or not. And if you are going to think that I'm a stripper because of it and judge me differently, whether you judge me that you think I should be shunned or you judge me because now suddenly you think I'm so much sexier because I'm a stripper. Well, that's on you. You don't even know me. So get to know me and then get to know what I do. So nowadays it's kind of funny because the the, you know, whole dynamics have switched that now I meet people and I tell them I'm a dancer and they're like, Oh, like a stripper. And I'm like, well, basically I pole dance. So, I mean, it's funny to go from like kind of feeling a little weird about that back in the day to feeling so embraced and open about it and just kind of like not really caring what people think about you because what you do is your choice, you know? Yeah. And to, for you to be a business owner that supports strippers, you know, and like the positive view of strippers is cool so you are like in the like a vital role of the industry even if you're not stripping you know 
because you oh, have yeah. just like a support. So. And we go out, we support all of our industry girls. I mean, they have competitions, they have shows just like the normal hobbyist pole industry. And we go out and support them all. One of our girls got second runner up in Miss Pole Erotica here in Portland. One of our girls got first place in the vagina pageant here in Portland. It's all, <laughs> it's all pole dance related. It just happens to have, you know, vagina attached onto it or erotic attached onto it. Or, you know, there was just Miss Metal Organ last night, which was a pole competition with, you know, metal music. And it's really cool to be able to go out and support our girls and throw down tips for our girls and just show our support to that side of the industry. Because, I mean, as a studio owner, we don't have to just be in the studio. I think, really, if we're outside of the studio, that's where more of the support is coming. And, and really also more where we can show that the industry as a whole is one big industry. And it's not about being a studio versus a strip club. Like... We're all doing the same freaking thing. You, know? you don't just have to align yourself to competitions. You can align yourselves to other activities yes. that are pole-centric. That, and, you know, the thing is, too, is, like, we have a lot of girls who are dancers here in Portland. And, you know, they're winning, you know, Miss Burlesque Oregon. They're winning, you know, Miss Exotic Oregon, Miss Nude Oregon. They're going off to other places and winning these amazing competitions. You know, a lot of them are, you know, um, spokeswomen for different, uh, like, Spearmint Rhino and stuff like that. They're winning these competitions. And it's so interesting that in our industry, we tend to find that, you know, we focus on, you know, Miss PSO or, you know, Pole Sport Organization or, you know, Miss Pole Dance America and all these like really rigid competitions. And I think that what we see here, because there's so many competitions, is kind of what I also see in Russia, actually, is that if you look at a lot of these pro polers in Russia and a lot of the competitions that they a lot of their competitions are like what's going on here, where it's a random competition in a strip club or a random competition, you know, at, at a bar. And th these are competitions that, you know, even Olga Koda or Eva Bembo or Julia Shakulia or whatever are going to have on their list of things that they've won because they value them just like they value the international pole competition. And, you know, they're all competitions. It's just like we don't have to have this, like, really, like, these are our judges and this is who makes you win or lose. I mean, it's all dancers dancing. And yeah. And we had Alison Sipes on and, you know, she talked about how difficult it was, you know, the realities of throwing these competitions where a lot of the venues just wouldn't allow her to have her Florida competition. Um, if mm -hmm. they, if they showed some butt, like they had to have yes. these, like, you know, so a lot of like the pole, the serious sports pole competitions, it's the, you know, it's the venues that are putting up mm -hmm. a fight and things like that. But if you're having, you know, and now to reference another podcast, Kitty Bellore, yes. she's in London yes. and they're putting on shows at, at strip clubs or at, you know, private event spaces that are allowing it. So yes. again, it's like, we need everything. We need yeah. everything. And so, you know, we're not disparaging, you know, the sporty competitions or, you know, the higher level competitions, but it's just so rad to know that there are just smaller little competitions that are local that people are killing it at and you can oh, get involved yeah. in and take a look at Portland. If you live in another city and you don't have it, well, yeah. start it, you know? Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> well, and I mean, that's something so interesting coming from Portland because we're so open <laughs> with sex and sexuality. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Sometimes when I go other places, I forget that like we're that open about it. 
So when we were in Nashville for uh, Miss Pole Dance America, it was really interesting because choreographing the routine for that, it was like, you know, you can't have any nudity and you can't even have any sort of like grinding on each other on, you know, on the dance floor. You can't have, you know, any gyrating. You can't touch your body because if you touch your body in Nashville, it's deemed too sexual and they and might like have closed the competition down. Yeah, that's yeah. A, like people don't realize like the, the how some people's hands are Bound. You know, I don't think Alethea gives yes. a shit if you touch on yourself or if you grind on someone. Exactly. So it's not her, but it's like there are these yes. like lo- lo- these laws or these rules that are crazy. I know, and that's it. It's just like that's the crazy thing I didn't realize. You know, I can't. I love the exotic side of pole, mm-hmm. and I love the sensual side of pole. And I think my biggest frustration for a while was that a lot of the competitions didn't really allow that mm-hmm. for for a while. There, you know, I feel like people are getting a little more open to that again, but. I, when I started realizing that it was more regional or more specific yeah. areas, places, and the reasons why, it makes you understand it more than just being like, God, why? For instance, if you were to look at Alethea and Miss Pole America, somebody could easily be like, geez, why won't Alethea let more go down? But it's not Alethea. It's the community, and it's Nashville, and it's the mayor or the governor or whatever yeah. telling you what you can't, can't do. I mean, you can't really go past that. Yeah. I mean, I guess... I guess the only way to go around that is if you want to have really exotic, erotic competitions and have them be really out there, you've got to go to Portland or, you know, Louisiana or somewhere where, like, you can you can be more overtly sexual. You know, New York allows toplessness, so New York might be a little more open to something like that, too. But it's just, yeah. it's, finding, it's finding places for these competitions instead of, like, just completely negating them completely. But like you yeah, said, also sure. having... I was going to say, also having areas for the other competitions, too. Yes. I mean, we have to showcase all sides of the pole industry. And I think that's what's so cool about pole dancing these days is, you know, you. I hope, okay, I guess at our studio, when I have girls come in who are full fitness-based dancers, mm-hmm. and they'll come to the studio to take a Russian exotic class, and, you know, I require at least seven-inch high heels because you need them to do Russian the way that you do Russian and the way you move around on the floor and the way you move through the moves. You need the seven-inch heels. You need knee pads because these girls' knees are going to die without knee pads on. <laughs> and, and then you usually need some, like, certain areas of grip. And these girls that come in from other studios who are very fitness or contemporary-based, these these the style of pole is so different. And so when you come in and you start doing the Russian exotic or the more erotic stuff with the heels, all of a sudden you realize like, Oh, that's, that's not just sexy. That's like, that's like taking pole to a whole different level. Cause to do, you know, these things with heels on and to lift the heels that are so heavy and to move around on the floor and land gracefully on your high heels takes pole to a whole different place. Just like doing some of these moves that require having the bottom of your foot touching the pole, because mm-hmm. if you don't have that, you cannot do these moves. We're seeing that, you know, every style is so awesome and so unique in its own right. And that you can't say that one is better than the other or one is more athletic than the other. It's just that they're different, just like ballet or jazz or hip hop or tap or whatnot. Like nothing's better. It's just they're all different. And that's what's amazing about it. And as the more we have more available in all different styles, that's the more, you know, then everyone can participate because then everyone can find their niche. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So how did you like come into, cause you're, you, as you said, your, your studio is a Russian style pole. Like mm-hmm. for those who maybe aren't as familiar, what is Russian style pole and how did you come into like this specific, <laughs> um, this specific topic for your, for your studio? So, okay. So like I said before, I've danced my whole life. 
I've done ballet, I've done hip hop, I've done jazz. I love movement. I love like fluidity. That's what I love about dance. When I found pole, I was really excited to find pole. And I think the biggest frustration I have with pole is that really pole, when you take it down to like just pole pole and acrobatic pole and what we typically see in more PSO and stuff like that, it's a little more acrobatic pole, which Mm -hmm. is climbing a spinning pole and getting into a pose and holding that pose and then switching to another pose and then switching to another pose, which I didn't realize would feel more gymnastics-y and feel more acrobatic to me. And I love pole. I love how strong I was getting with pole. I loved all the things I was learning. But I think what I didn't love about pole pretty early on in was that I didn't feel like the danciness was there and I love to dance. So I was kind of on YouTube going through, you know, different videos and stuff. And of course I discovered Miss Amazing Queen of Pole, Olga Koda. <laughs> and let me say, like that girl, Olga, props to you. You are a babe. Let me say. She's the I gateway mean, drug to Russian pole. I swear. She truly is. So I saw she was so putting some uh, some kind of uh, taster little videos out for her master classes, and it was crazy to see all these girls in their leggings and their knee pads and, you know, crop tops and short sleeve shirts and, you know, their high heels and pulling in things that, you know, you would never pull in because, you know, you can't stick to the pole when you have leggings on. You can't stick to the pole when your armpit is cut, you know, when you don't have your pit grip and stuff. And But the movements they were doing and she was doing felt so hip hoppy and so like jazz based and I could see the ballet influence and stuff and I realized that that's what I wanted to do. And so as a dancer, I can break down a lot of things and I sat there trying to break down her videos and Russian exotic pole is hard, let me tell you. If you haven't done it, it's almost impossible to break down the videos because they're moving around the pole in ways that like you are not taught to move around a pole. And I mean, kudos to them. They I mean they they came up with this shit. Like it's what they do. I mean, Olga Koda said recently that she was at a, a dance school and her teacher came in and gave them a pole and said learn to master this pole, figure out what to do with it. And so they just had to figure out what to do with the pole. I mean, that's how they wow. they designed Russian exotic pole. So anyway, so I started, I started kind of working on Russian exotic and trying to do it and getting really frustrated that, you know, it wasn't the style I was doing. And so around that time was also, there's this amazing pole video that she also posted. It's all floor work. She's wearing these awesome pleaser moon, uh, gold heels with the cutouts and she's in her leggings and she's on the floor in her bedroom. I think like there's cats around and stuff, you know. Oh, she always has cats in her videos. I love it. That's another thing with the whole kitten thing with Kiska. With the whole idea of Kiska means kitty, and I forget this because a lot of times I'm talking to non-polars, but if you're a polar, you realize that like polars love cats. Polars <laughs> are cat women, polar are cat people. I so the whole idea of Kiska means kitty. Somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So side note, but like, it's dude, funny. polars love their cats. <laughs> so anyways, she was doing all this amazing floor work stuff, balancing on her hands and, you know, having her legs out and just the way, the way that she was moving and manipulating, I was just like, that is what I want to do. So that's been my goal for a long time. Do you have I that sp- video? Can you share it so we can put it in the oh, notes so we can go? Yes. Okay. I'm going to put was, that in the notes. <laughs> I was already going to send you that as okay. part of my blog video. Cause that's like one of my favorite. I mean, I know it's not that's even amazing. pole, but it's one of my favorite pole videos. Yeah. Uh, so inspiring. So see, after seeing those, I realized that like the studios at I a great studio, but very contemporary based, very acrobatic based, which was not what I was wanting to go down. So I switched to another studio in town that was more 
exotic pole, but exotic pole as in club style, you know, like very stripper style, industry style, still a lot of like basic pulling, but just with a lot more floor work. So I really started defining my floor work style and learning that, oh, wow, I have splits and leg game and all that leg work I did in ballet for years really (laughs) comes in handy in pole floor work. So I loved that, loved it so much. Um, And then, I mean... Then I was sitting at my hair salon getting my hair done one day, and all of a sudden I saw that Olga Koda was coming to the United States for her first classes in the U.S. And, I mean, Olga Koda and Eva Bembo are my two biggest idols in pole. I mean, they're they're the two girls that I saw what they started doing. I started following all their videos, and, I mean, that's what I've kind of modeled my own style after. So, of course, I was already planning on going to Russia, and then... Uh, Olga Koda was coming to the state, so I immediately just told my husband, I said, Olga Koda's coming in a month. I can't miss it. I'm going to L.A. Like, I'm going to go take her classes. So I went down there and went to Pulse Show L.A. It was an amazing experience. I mean, going to the shows were amazing. Dancing in these classes. I mean, at this time, I'd probably only been polling for a little over a year. Oh, and wow. Yeah. And, I mean, I will say, like, I was not as strong as I wish I was. But I am a great dancer, and I'm really great at, like, faking it till I make it, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so I went to these classes. I signed up for all four of her classes. And uh, at the time, I didn't realize, like, who I was polling with, you know? I mean, later on, I kind of realized that I signed up for all these advanced classes, and it was, you know, Carly Hunter and Natasha Wang and Sergio Louise, <laughs> and all these girls are dancing around me, and I'm, like, a year into pole, and I'm, like, just trying to hold my own. I'm, like, I just have to keep up with these girls. I just have to make it look like I know what I'm doing and keep up. And, I mean, while obviously Carla, Carly Hunter and Jenna Jordan and Natasha Wang have their pole tricks and their strengths that I know I didn't have at the time, I have my dance background, and... That Russian exotic stuff, the second I started doing it, it just clicked for me. Like, it totally clicked. I totally had it. I got it. I understood it. And so I took all four of her classes. And I was the only person to take all four of her classes. Yeah, I was going to say, I you? heard you die after one of her classes. How the hell yes. did you take all four? <laughs> oh, my God. So first of all, let me say, and I'm sure you've heard this before, Olga Koda's warm-up is a 30-minute intense, like, it's, like, playing and boot camp and, like, CrossFit and ballet all into one. Like, you do this warm-up, and at the end of it, you're like, how am I even supposed to move my body after this, you know? So I remember I turned to my friend Krista, and I was just like, girl, like, I can't believe I signed up for all four of the classes. Like, I'm going to do it, but, like, how? I don't even know how I'm going to do it. So I did the first class, like killed me but I I held my own in the choreo like held my own enough to where I really felt like I stood out and like I I like I was one of the last groups of girls to go because we were all getting the choreo and stuff then I went home and I slathered my body with icy hot and like iced my (laughs) legs so I'd be ready to go and I had two classes the next day two classes the next day and I remember I remember specifically taking the second class and after class I didn't know who she was but Carly Hunter came up to me and she was like oh my God, girl, you're like, you're so amazing. I can't believe you're taking another one of her classes. Like I took two of her classes and I can't take any more. And I was like, yeah, I know. I can't believe I'm taking these classes either. But I also knew that if I didn't take these classes, the next thing to do would be going to go to Russia, which is a way more expensive, way more out of the way trip. So I kept on going. I took all four of her classes and I have to say like, I had bruises covering my entire body. I think I had bruises on my face. I had bruises on my chest, on my knees, on my arms. Like, it was covered. But 
I mean, somehow, I mean, when you love what you do and you love to dance and you just, you just push yourself through it. And I pushed myself through all four of them and absolutely love that babe. Olga Koda is just, I mean, she has ways of moving and ways of utilizing the pole and her body that I just think nobody else kind of had realized at that time. So I will say lucky after that, I feel like I understood the style of polling more. So it's like a weekend for, intensive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I feel like I went to Russia and trained wholeheartedly with her. So have rad. you taken with any other Russian pole dancers? Um, well, I took with Olga Koda again last year, okay. which uh, she was back in uh, Polish LA again. So I obviously went down and took both her classes, which was awesome because, you know, I just feel like it's really it's really rad when you like when you meet these people that are your pole idols and your pole like mentors and you click with them and you get to know them. And, you know, it's really awesome because, I mean, we follow each other now and it's rad to, to say, like she knows who you are now. Yeah, right? like, I know. Well, that was awesome when I came back this last year. I mean, she definitely was like, oh, my God, it's so great to see you again. I'm so happy to have you in my classes. I mean, in her 26 words of English. That I was going to say, did she really say that? Or was that like through no. an interpreter? Or like that, okay. one, that one was through an interpreter. <laughs> but, I mean, she okay. can say things. I mean, okay. the first time I met her, I had probably like a 30-minute conversation with her. And, I mean... If you know people and you know how to conversate, you can talk through like language barriers. The obviously. international language of pool. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so otherwise, I mean, I took with her this last year. I mean, my goal would be I would love to go to Russia for like four weeks and go to like St. Petersburg for two weeks, go to Moscow for like two weeks and fully train. Um, but I did in November, Eva Bembo was down at Sedusa Studios in San Jose. Yeah. So once again, found out kind of about that last minute. And so just booked a trip. I booked a 24 hour trip. So went down to San Jose with Krista. Yeah. Krista and, uh, is the co-owner of, um, of Kiska. Yes. yes. It's a co-owned yes. studio. So, yeah. So, and Krista, I mean, I'll get back on that, but how me and Krista met. Yeah. Um, basically me and Krista, we were dancing at, our home studio together and we were always partnered up on poles together because we're both really tall I mean she's like six probably seven feet tall with her heels on <laughs> and I'm naturally 5'10 with my heels on I'm probably like 6'3 or 6'4 um, but we were always paired up together and I had a bunch of other best friends at our pole studio but when I was going to Olga Koda the first Olga Koda classes I was looking for someone to come and take class with and everyone else was busy or had just come back from really long trips and couldn't afford to go to the classes. And finally, like last minute, I was like, you know, I don't really know if you'd want to go, but maybe you'd want to go to LA with me and go take some, you know, pole dance classes. One of her idols was Sergi Louise. So of course, once she knew that Sergi Louise was teaching, she was like, hell yeah, I'll go. So we kind of like went, we didn't really know each other that well. We just knew each other from pole class. And the minute that we came to like the pole show LA together we just clicked we hit it off I mean we both found out we're both half Polish both of our dads are uh from New Jersey both of us are Pisces both of us are twins both of our twins are very similar to each other we have very similar family upbringings it's just like we are like the same people we're like the twins that should have been the twins you know like we were just matched up together oh, I'm a so, twin too so let's just really? become triplets together yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's so funny because I feel like I know a lot of twins in the industry and I feel like there's always one girl who pole dances and one that's just like not into it. My twins are a boy, so he's not okay. interested. 
okay, the interesting thing is Chris is twins a boy, and he comes to our studio all the time. Because Kiska. Because so it's Kiska. Kiska. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, down in Polish LA was when we met Angela Edwards. If you guys don't know Angela Edwards, she is the owner of Pola Tease down in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. She owns one of the first two pole dance studios in basically the country. So we met her at the Coda classes and then sat next to her at Pulse Show LA and she started talking to us about if we were ever interested in opening up a studio and that she does pole consulting and she would love to chat with us about it. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where we were like, well, yeah, one day, one day we're, we'll think about opening a studio. And then like we talked to her, we came back home and that was what, in January and by April we were looking at getting our own studio space. <laughs> so thank you, Angela. You've been yeah. an amazing like part of our, like of Kiska. So anyways, just needed to give you guys that little backstory. No, I was going to, I was going to ask. Yeah. And because you both have other jobs, like you also have a, yes. a, a salon and mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I, I own a hair salon. That's where I am right now. Yeah. So I'm in my hair salon, Zabik style house. Um, I've owned this for three years and, you know, it's been really cool opening up a business with my husband. I've done hair for 12 years. Uh, and, um, I think after opening up this, it felt way less intimidating to open up a pole studio because I mean, I mean, we learn how to do everything with inventory and coworkers and training people, training stylists, like you train your, you know, dancers over at the pole studio and stuff. So I feel like everything I've done here is basically just crosses over to over there just in a whole different way. So. Yeah. yeah. And you got that fear, the first business fear out of the way. So. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Um, let's, so, yeah, sorry, go just on. Just so fast, you did yeah. ask me if, I ta- if I've taken yes. any other pole dancers. So I did take from Eva Bembo. Eva Bembo was down at Sedusa Studios. Um, Does she speak and- any English or she's kind of a little bit English or not really? I will say, I think that Eva Bembo speaks less English than Olga does. Okay. But, I mean... Similar. Okay. So it was, it was I'm always cool curious about that. Just logistics. Like, how does this work? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, when you're teaching classes, I mean, you're basically, you're going yeah. over the movement. So it really doesn't matter if you can't speak or not. Correct. And I will say, actually, I find that you learn more when you're taking class from somebody that doesn't speak your language because the whole time you're fully focused on dancing. Whereas I think when we take from like people who are also American polars, we all get so excited to talk and to over explain <laughs> tricks and stuff that you end up talking half the time and not dancing as much. Whereas like when I took from either of them, Olga or Eva Bembo, I mean, you have to very intensely watch what they're doing and they're explaining what they're doing by doing it and by talking in Russian about what they're doing, but you have to watch it and then do it and then watch it and then do it. So you're, you're training a lot more. You're dancing a lot longer. You're dancing a lot harder. By the end of the class, you're way more worn out because there's just less downtime, you know? And I mean, God, they're, I mean, they're so good at spotting. They're so good at teaching. It's amazing to see that you can teach that well, having that language barrier, you know? Yeah. That's a good quality. And in, in a teacher, you have to have like that additional skill. I will say Eva Bembo's workout warm up, <laughs> nothing like Olga's. Okay. I was I was totally prepared to like fully go in and like train like Coda, and I was like, oh, this is so nice. It's like a real dance warm up, which is just like normal, you know? Oh, good, yeah. But I got to go out to lunch with her, which was super oh, awesome. Yeah. Like we went out with Carol and uh, Eva and me and uh, Krista. I was gonna say Chicolette. But that's her name on Instagram. I was gonna I'm gonna put um, both yours and Krista, who's at Chicolette on Instagram, um, social media in the notes so people can like get to know you guys. Uh, a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's just 
that's the other thing is I, I know anyone who's taken classes from another polar or met any pro polars out there. I mean, I feel like you think that there is this like huge divide and you think that there's like, you know, the pros and then the dancers and that's it. But I mean, the industry as a whole, as much as, you know, we have some animosity between, you know, fitness style and exotic style and, you know, real, real pole and, you know, just exotic pole or whatnot, anything. At the end of the day, there's not really that big of a divide. I mean, when we went to Miss Pole Dance America, I mean, you meet Steve, we met Stephen Rushless and Stephen Rushless such a rad guy. I love you, man. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's cool to see that the industry as a whole just wants to bring you in and wants to just like have everyone be a part of it together and just learn and teach and inspire. And I think that's what's so cool about the whole industry is that at the end of the day, no one, I don't, I haven't met anyone yet that's so high headed about themselves that they can't just take it down and humble themselves to just be an awesome rad motivator for the rest of the industry, you know? Yeah, we're all just people. Uh-huh. I mean, and I, I heard something this morning and it was like um, nothing poll related, but I was like, this totally applies to poll and it <laughs> applies to what you're just saying where they said, um, if we would, instead of stop focusing on our differences and just start focusing on our similarities, like yes. we could achieve world peace, man. So it's like, <laughs> so true. I mean, let's bring let's be so real. True. We're all still pole dancers. Let's focus on that. Let's focus on like what makes us similar and that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. be empathetic to other people's differences and exactly you know, how we handle that. <laughs> well, and I mean, you look, I mean, you, you talk to any pole dancer and everyone's gone through the not being strong enough to do something or wishing that they could be a little further ahead than they are or looking at their friend who has their full splits and their Allegra and then looking at the other person who has their Iron X that's like super strong and laid back and you know all of us have our similarities all of us have our differences all of us have our strengths and our weaknesses um my first pole teacher she told us that pole is made up of five different elements fear strength uh, coordination, pain tolerance, oh, yeah. and flexibility. I was just going to say, maybe and flexibility. That, yeah, flexibility. And so at the end of the day, like, we, everyone has their different strengths. And I know my friend Christina, Christina Zobina on Instagram. She's one of our teachers at the studio. We actually started at the same time. And that girl is an Olympic-style weightlifter. That girl is an industry dancer. That girl is strong as fuck. And I remember when we started, I could not do a pull-up and she could do like basically an iron X, you know? (laughs) And, you know, I could sit there and be jealous of her and be like, oh my God, Christina, I just want to be where you are. But she would look at me with my ballet background and see my flexibility and my grace on the floor and my leg work. And she could have looked at me and been jealous, but instead we were able to see each other's differences. And the fact that our similarity was that we were working so hard towards these other aspects of pole. And at the end of the day, when you realize that those are like that we can relate on our struggles and we can relate that each person has their own struggles and that each person has their own strengths. It makes pull way more desirable and way more this thing that has amazing camaraderie, you know? Yeah. You don't, you, and you don't have to come in as a ballet dancer or an Olympic style weightlifter. You can come in as somebody who wants to lose 40 pounds and has never done anything physical ever. And you might not be afraid of heights and you might have great pain tolerance and you might be getting things way before <laughs> yeah. someone who has, you know, their background. So That's it's true. very like all inclusive. And I love that. <laughs> Do it long enough. You find your thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> cool. So let's transition into the, the yeah. questions that we ask everyone. I feel like maybe you answered this, but I'm okay. going to still give you a chance. Who is your pole crush? Is it, is it uh, Koda yeah, and Koda. Bimbo? Yeah, I mean, if I had to say two, it would definitely be Koda and Bimbo. Okay. I mean, those two girls are, have just like created what is my pole style. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think... Coda is for sure my biggest pole crush. I mean, I found her first and I was inspired by her first and just her style and her essence. And I mean, yeah, it's Olga Coda. She's what's the name she gave you? So when I went to Pole Chalet for the first time, um, you know, you have all your outfits picked out and you're going to have your pole wear and whatnot. And so I would show up to class and actually I was really bummed because the first class my black shoes with the clear heels broke, like the ankle strap broke, so I couldn't dance in those. And luckily I brought an extra pair of heels. Well, the extra pair of heels I bought, I brought were my solid white heels. And so of course, when you're wearing solid white heels, you can't really pair them together with a bunch of color or whatever. So I started wearing white to like the classes and I have my white hair and my white heels and I'm super tall and I got my white outfits on. And Olga Koda ended up nicknaming me the white princess because of my all white and my like, I love that. Yeah. That's cute. And I mean, she used it for me a couple times that weekend, which really solidified the white princess like nickname. So that's Go why on it. Instagram, I'm Lauren Lukrich, but my nickname is the white princess. So I love it. I mean, when, when Beyonce gives you a nickname, you yeah. take a nickname. I feel like <laughs> Olga Koda is my Beyonce. So Beyonce or Olga, thank yeah. you for the white princess. I will forever be the white princess. Yeah, you were like knighted by her. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. I remember Krista turned to me and she was like, "Oh my god. Oh my god. She just called you the white princess." And I mean, at this time, she. I mean, now she knows more English, but at that time, I swear, I think she knew like twenty-six words. So for her to use some of those twenty-six words to call me the white princess felt like it was like. That was my name. That's me now. <laughs> I like it. Go with it. Yeah. <laughs> and so how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years? I mean, I think for me, I would love to see there be a little less separation, kind of like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I like the all-inclusiveness that we're starting to build and also the um, the idea of respecting everybody's pole style. You know, I mean... I, I could sit here and, you know, try to diss on, you know, contemporary style because it's not my style, but there's no point to diss on that because it's amazing. And just like I don't want someone to diss on the Russian exotic style because it is just as valid and just as hard and just as difficult. So I think being open to everyone's styles, being open to have anybody that wants to be in the industry be in the industry is the biggest thing, honestly. And I think, you know, I think whole competitions are great. But I think for myself, I want to compete more, but I would also love to just do more performances. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really maybe rad to maybe start seeing us go in that direction where it doesn't just have to be pole competitions, but where like Leanne Riley is putting on her pole shows, where it can just be also shows and just showcasing what people can do. And it doesn't have to have a competition behind it, you know? Yeah. So many people are bringing that up. So I feel like if it's like in your head, like I want to put on a show, like it seems like there's a big calling for it right now, you know, to, you know, to compliment the competitions. And I think a lot of people after they do competitions, they're like, maybe I don't want to train for that again, but I still want to be on stage. So it's not Mm -hmm. like it's lower caliber dancers or anything like that. It's just people who are looking for variety. And I mean, being that I've danced my whole life, I've done competitions and I've done just performances. And there's 
for dancers in general, there's a different aspect that comes from just dancing and showcasing what you do and the beauty of what you do versus having the stress of competition and the stress of being judged. I mean, and some people love that. Like exactly, Lindsay Lython, and she, you know, when we talk with Lindsay, she like wants to do the competitions and she loves that physical challenge and she wants it to be more, you know, the, the strict like gymnastics, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know that. The uh-huh. expectations and like that's so cool but we and we have those so like mm-hmm. that's that's awesome yeah having both sides of it is so rad you know watching the olympics this year you know watching the gymnasts doing what they're doing and you know it's cool to see the strictness of that yeah. but then also to step back and realize that you know ballet is not a you know olympic sport and it's because for a lot of the danciness there is it's more fluid and it's more artful and it's less strict and it's, it's less like standardized exactly so I think it's judge. cool that we're having a little bit of both in the industry I think it's really important that we have the competitions for people who want that we have the showcases for people who want that and then we have some place where you can fall kind of in the middle that's where I think you know Miss Pole Dance America is such a great thing because you go and you do this amazing performance and if you win that's great but at the end of the day just being on that stage and performing is so yeah. exciting you know and that should be such an honor in and of itself you know yeah I forgot you did Miss Pole Dance America did you do it as a yes. and you did one of the group routines we did a group routine at the first Miss Pole Dance America um there was I think seven of us uh cool. mostly women and then one man cool. Josh and he did an amazing job so it was really exciting it was it was an interesting thing to take pole and turn it into like a, a group activity yeah. because obviously so often it's you know doubles or just single and you know really difficult and great. You know what I'm saying? Like doing that choreography and trying to figure out who's going to be on the poles at what time doing what tricks and who can do what tricks together. And that they need to get down on the floor to get with, you know, Josh so that he can do a trick with them. And that's probably the difficult side of meshing together a group piece and also working with, you know, adults who have their own lives and their own jobs and, you know, their own schedules and stuff. I mean, there was a lot put into that, but you know, I just feel so grateful that we were able to be in that competition and we're able to just showcase what we're doing and showcase what we're doing here in Portland with such amazing dancers. I mean, the dancers that were on my team with me, so amazing and so talented. And you know, the dancers we were able to dance on stage with, so amazing and talented. I mean, God, mind blowing to be on stage with some of those people that you look at and you just think like, Oh my God, if only, and then you're up there with Pink Puma and, you know, Bryn Rout and, and they're just on stage with you just like everyone else. And that's when you just realize how like awesome the industry is and just how inclusive the industry is. And yeah, that was an amazing experience. Alethea put on a great show and I'm just excited to see more of that type of thing coming out of the industry, you know? Totally agree. And so we're going to put all of your social media and everything into the show notes. But is there anything else you want to like share with the audience? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, obviously check out Kiska. We, we have a lot of, I mean, we're really trying to connect with the industry as a whole with Kiska. We don't want to just be, you know, a Portland studio, but we really want to expand into really being supportive of the industry out there. I mean, I, I know we would love to, you know, really start helping to, sponsor different events and be, you know, a part of the industry in that way, as well as, um, you know, we really want to be a studio that can help showcase America, Russian exotic style and what that's all about and kind of hopefully, you know, bring out some amazing pole dancers to teach workshops as well as, you know, train our girls to be the new up and coming American Russian style 
exotic pole dancers that can bring that to the industry here in the States. You know, I think that's just such an awesome opportunity. So, yeah, I swear so many people on this show when it's like, who's your pole crush? Like, um, I, I would say at least on half of these episodes, people will bring up at some point, like how much they love the Russian style pole. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just feel like, oh my God, that was so smart that she decided, you know, you and Krista decided to start a studio and really focus on that. You could be like, yeah. guys, if you want, this sounds to me like if you want, if you're really into that, like take a trip to Portland and like do yes. it on a weekend of like Miss Erotic Pole Competition in yes. town. And like you guys should start doing like, you know, workshop weekends where people can come mm-hmm. and then you can like go take them to all the strip clubs. Oh, I yeah. would go to that. Like, that would be I've awesome. never been to Portland, so I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. Know, I want a reason to come to Portland and uh, I'm going to come to Kiska now that I've heard about how exciting all this stuff's going on there. And it would be so fun to check out some of these clubs now that you've talked about them. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that's actually another really cool thing about Russian style polling is, you know, when I met Eva Bembo, what she was actually, you know, talking about coming to America and staying in America for like a year. And she was asking, you know, are the strip clubs around? Like, are the strip clubs? Because I want to dance at a strip club. And, you know, Russian style, Russian culture is very open to sex and sexuality. It's not a closed off thing. Like I said, a lot of their competitions are at strip clubs and a lot of these girls have danced at strip clubs or do dance at strip clubs, even the pro polars out there. So I think it's really awesome to be somewhere where, you know, if we were to bring Eva Bemba out here, she could come out here and she could teach and then she could also, you know, go and maybe compete in one of these competitions or, you know, showcase her work in, you know, the industry out here in the pole, you know, in the strip clubs out here and stuff. So I don't know. I just think that what we have here is so open-minded to the Russian exotic style and just to the Russians in general and what they're about that I think it would be really cool to eventually have, a, we would love to have our studio be a hub and a home base for people. Like you said, wanting to do the Russian exotic style to be able to come up and train with Russians, to be able to train with us, to be able to train with our core teachers and take workshops and stuff up here too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sounds like I think, a fun town. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Cool. Okay. So before, um, I take up any, well, I've taken up a lot of your time before Uh, I let you go. um, (laughs) Thank you. And can you um, leave us with an empowering message or quote or lyrics or anything to sign off with? Yeah, you know, I, okay, two things. I was kind of thinking about what I was going to leave you guys with, and I wasn't really sure what to leave you with. And so the first thing I'm just going to leave you with is how I really feel like I would love this to be my inspiration is just remember, like, just don't ever give up on your goals. Don't ever stop being inspired. Do not be afraid to fail. Okay. Like this is your life. This is your path. This is your journey. Like if you don't take hold of it and you don't do what you want to do and you don't like live it out the way you want to live it out, you're not going to attain the things you want to attain. And I mean, that comes from me opening up a salon, opening up a pole studio, competing, performing, you know, pole dancing, anything. I mean, I own what I do and I do what I do because it's what I love. And I know that if I didn't do it, I would regret it. You know, yeah. the other thing I'm going to leave you with just because this is kind of my motto in life. I remember a couple of years ago, I was talking to one of my guy friends and he was contemplating things. And I was just like, you know what? Go do it. Cause why not be awesome? Like, just go be awesome. Like you have a choice in life to just be, and just to do things, or you have a choice to like, go be a fucking badass. So go yeah. be a badass, go be awesome. Like 
There's one Malitha with, okay? <laughs> I love it, yeah, because who would ever thought, like, there's no manual or, like, someone to, like, replicate, like, a, opening a Russian exotic studio in Portland, Oregon. Like, who yeah. even knew that was, like, a <laughs> thing? But you made it a thing because that's what you liked. So you yeah. sort of, yeah, you walk the well, walk. <laughs> and also one other thing, just, like, you can cut this in wherever, but... Um, <laughs> With the idea of where we want pole dancing to go is, you know, I think that pole is kind of like skateboarding used to be. Skateboarding was this one thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tony Hawk comes in and he's doing these, you know, tricks and these crazy, you know, 360, whatever. My husband's a skateboarder, so that's why I get this whole skateboard thing. But what pole is these days is it's like it used to just be pole and it was exotic pole or pole fitness. And that was it. But now with social networking and with, you know, being able to get on YouTube and get on Instagram and get on, you know, Snapchat, you can see anyone from any place pulling the way that they pull, whether it be the Russians or the Australians or people from Singapore or some girl in Michigan dancing in her, you know, bedroom. And I think the coolest thing with pole right now is that we're really defining what pole is and realizing that like with dance, there's so many different styles to it. And so I think that that's where, you know, you look at skateboarding and there's streetboarding and there's, you know, the ramp stuff and the vert stuff and one isn't better than the other. They're just different. And so I think that that's where it's really cool to see there is a specific Russian exotic style. There is a specific Australian showgirl style. There is a specific club style, a specific fitness style. Now there is, you know, that specific contemporary style. And instead of like fighting for what we want it to be, embracing that every single style has its own place and that you don't have to be a studio that focuses on everything. Like, like, you don't have a ballet, like, studio that also is fully focused on hip-hop. Usually, if you have a ballet studio, it's a ballet studio. So if you want to be about contemporary pole, be about contemporary pole. If you want to be about fit style pole, be about that. And that's another thing that with Kiska, we're so open with. You know, if people come in and they're wanting to do, you know, contemporary style pole, we're going to send them over to one of the main studios in Portland that does that. If they want to learn to be a you know, uh, just specific exotic dancer. We have, you know, studios for that. We have studios for fit style polling and gymnastic style polling. And so to really cater and like help people in the industry go where they need to go to get fulfilled where they want to get fulfilled is really a lot more exciting than just trying to keep people for yourself, you know? Yeah. And because that's where standardization happens because you're trying to be all inclusive and at that time it's just watered down. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why that's Kiska, cool that you're not like being greedy, greedy with the gals and guys. Yeah. Over there. And I think that's why Kiska means pussy works so well, because for us, if you want to be sexy or maybe you don't want to be sexy, but you just want to be around other open minded people who are not afraid to be that way, you're going to come to our studio. But if you're not into that, if you don't want to hear swear words, if you don't want to hear the song Snapchat me that pussy, you're probably not going to come to our studio. And that's fine. And if you don't like it, like, we're not going to change who we are and who our studio is for other people. We're going to create a place for you to come to be a part of the studio. And we're going to tell you where to go for what you're looking for. And that's, that's what the industry should be about, you know? Yeah. So that's a perfect way to sign <laughs> off. Lauren. Sweet. I love awesome. it. I love it. The white princess, everyone. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for being on the show. It was so fun talking with you. You're so freaking creative and inspiring. And I love how open-minded and supportive you are. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Seriously, like I said to you earlier, it's such an honor to be here. And I'm just, I'm really excited to be able to bring just what we're all about to the pole industry and to be a major part of that. So check it out, guys. Sweet. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.